there's a handful of Republicans that are far right MAGA Tea Party, whatever you want to call it, uh, folks who uh, are opposed to the idea of government, not just uh, uh, opposed to a different party, but they're opposed to government itself. And they are also uh, not very experienced, most of them, in politics. You're being kind. <laughs> I know. What it seems to me, these, these guys have watched too many uh, kung fu movies, and they think they're going to be like the five fingers of death. <laughs> they're all five, the five thumbs, maybe. <laughs> they're all trying to write themselves in as characters in the Matrix, you know. They're, <laughs> they're going against the evil uh, uh, programs from, uh, from the Biden administration. This time on the Plutopia Podcast, John and Scoop conclude their post-mortem for the year 2022. We look at the drama within the Republican Party that managed to last into 2023. We also examine the GOP's extremist desire to tear down the government and replace it with something straight out of dystopian sci-fi. We also look at pathological liars, George Santos, whatever happened to the old non-crazy Republicans, how the old Southern Democrats became Southern Republicans, and much more. And we're just happy as big clams to be watching all the uh, chaos going on uh, in our nation's capital. It's, uh, for, for, for this time, it's being done against the Republican Party and their leadership. It's chaotic, John. How many votes are we at uh, right now? Did you say that we're clammy? Calamity. Happy clams. Calamitous. <laughs> well, so they're, they're at the 11th vote, the 11th attempt to uh, elect a Speaker of the House. Yeah, well, and they, you know, they keep trying to make a deal. Well, Kevin McCarthy keeps trying to make a deal. Yes, he and, certainly uh, does. And uh, it's not working out all that well, you know. Even the uh, <laughs> even the, the checks say, uh, "No, he's he's not a speaker at all." Where did you find that? <laughs> <laughs> From my, uh, I, I have a stash of evil uh, trolling uh, memes there. That <laughs> I know. I've been trying to find them, and uh, that kind of sums it up, though. <laughs> I'm not the only one that's been drawing the uh, uh, the, the differences there. You know, the speaker is uh, definitely not McCarthy right now. Anyway, we shall see. It's kind of a scary name to have in uh, the legislature. Anyway, you know, the previous well, he was a senator, but the previous McCarthy was pretty nasty guy. Of course. I'm not saying that Kevin is all that great either. Well, I mean, Edgar Bergen had his own McCarthy. Oh, Charlie McCarthy. Yeah. I would elect uh, Charlie McCarthy for Speaker of the House any old day now. I wonder if Candace Bergen would like to run. (laughs) I wonder if she has a puppet. Murphy Brown for uh, Speaker. (laughs) Indeed. So I'm a little off center here at the moment because I uh, uh, was thinking too much and I confused myself. But um, I have been following this uh, sort of circus at the house. And uh, the observation that I heard today from others and that I was already thinking is that, wait a minute, the Democrats are organized. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that is a uh, unusual occurrence in these kind of things. And what's really interesting is the uh, civil war going on at Fox News between Hannity <laughs> and his uh, arch enemy. <laughs> Tucker Carlson, I mean, just come on. Those guys are not getting along. <laughs> Why would anybody not get along with Tucker Carlson? He's such a sweet young man. Yeah, well, he had he had Lauren, what's her name on? 
I Lauren Bobert. I try not to say it. It it it's one of those she who shall not be named. <laughs> well, so the, the thing that's happening in the house right now, I, I guess it's stupid to say this because everybody knows, everybody's been watching this circus. But there's a handful of Republicans that are far right MAGA Tea Party, whatever you want to call it. Uh, folks who uh, are opposed to the idea of government, not just uh, uh, opposed to a different party, but they're opposed to government itself. And they are also uh, not very experienced, most of them, in politics. You're being kind. <laughs> I know. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're, like throwing a big monkey wrench into the machine because they don't really care whether the machine works. So it's sort of like, you know, uh, somebody uh, who doesn't care whether their toilet works, so they just stop it up, right? They're kind of like that. And when the toilet overflows, it gets pretty messy. And yeah, government is, uh, you know, is one toilet you don't want to start overflowing. Yeah, well, what it seems to me, these these guys have watched too many uh, kung fu movies, and, and they think they're going to be like the five fingers of death. And it, <laughs> they're all five, the five thumbs, maybe. But <laughs> you know, that's really an excellent point. This is pervasive within our culture that you have people who have spent way too much time with media and are believing what they see in movies and television or believing what they read in fiction. People who think that science fiction is, is real, mm -hmm. uh, which I mean, you know, I've read science fiction for many, many years and there's a lot of substance to it, but you don't want to get too con so confused that you think that, you know, that, time travelers are showing up because yeah, there's still no evidence that you can travel through time. Mm -hmm. It was just a plot device. Yeah. They're all trying to write themselves in as characters in the matrix. You know, they're, <laughs> they're going against the evil, uh, uh, programs from, uh, from the Biden administration. But, uh, <laughs> you know, an interesting thing, I mean, science fiction has definitely become a, a, a sort of bulwark within our culture. And I hope I used the word bulwark, right? What is a bulwark? It's, anyway, it's it's a big thing, you know. I you're mean, on the ship, you got one. Oh, hmm. <laughs> maybe it's a trim tab. No, anyway. So um, science fiction is 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 uh, not a minor genre anymore. It's really a dominant genre, and. Um, you know, years ago, I used to go to science fiction conventions. And when you got to the science fiction convention, if you were a hard science fiction guy, you know, if you read hard science fiction, you felt a little weird because there were a whole lot of people there who were into fantasy. Science fiction and fantasy were mushed together as genres that somehow were supposed to fit together. But science fiction, in its purest sense, really hard science fiction, is nothing like fantasy. You know, it tries to be as real as it can be. But the fact that there was this flow from science fiction to fantasy to science fiction to fantasy, I think that there's a lot of confusion uh, about what's real now among people who have read a lot of both, you know, science fiction and fantasy. Well, the fantasy thing, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for them to become cosplayers. I mean, if they're really into fantasy, I want to see them all dressed up as furries and going onto the floor of the legislature. <laughs> Maybe not. but This, this is guy, entirely guys, possible are, that you will see this. It reminds me of people I encountered working in the music business for, for many years. The stars are now not even the stars, the people who believed their own bullshit. And it, they would listen to their publicists telling the world how how great they are and how talented they are, and they start believing it regardless whether they can they have talent or whether they are great. But I met so many people that were just 
they had they had passed delusional and accelerated past whatever that is. And you saw a lot of that in the entertainment business. And now it's kind of uh, migrated over to politics. You know, politicians used to be pretty boring. I mean, you know, there, there were some colorful ones, but we didn't have these insane grandstanding moves that just <laughs> defy logic. You know, logic was left behind a long time ago by most of the, the big five that are <laughs> trying to upset the apple cart. But I mean, just. I, Wait, you didn't have politicians that were strictly about like performance, you know, that were strictly kind of acting out to take power and that were only about culture wars. People were there because they wanted to serve. Some of them, you know, obviously wanted to take power, but there was a strong public, a much stronger public service aspect to to politics and, and government work than you see now among these politicians, especially the people who have been influenced so much by performers who become politicians. And uh, I'm thinking, yes, I'm thinking about Donald Trump. Donald Trump really never had any success in his life except his reality TV show. That's the one thing where he really was a success. And that actually is how people came to know him. And the part that he played was of a successful businessman. He's a guy who was never a successful businessman, uh, yet he... He got the part of a successful businessman, and people who watched The Apprentice believe that Donald Trump is a successful businessman and knows what he's doing. I, I find that a while back. I mean, that, that people actually believed because I tried to watch that thing, and uh, you're not the audience for that show, though. I, thank God, <laughs> thank every deity out there, <laughs> but. What you didn't really have to watch it, though. I mean, if if you just heard about The Apprentice and heard about what he had done on there, you think, oh, that guy kind of knows what he's talking about. Yeah, even if he doesn't. But you know, just the whole idea of watching him, and it was so contrived and so obviously predestined. I mean, they knew at the beginning of the, uh, each episode who was going to be fired. They just kind of worked their way up to it. It's, it's like watching... Um, Pro wrestling, pro rest, TV wrestling, and none of that is real. But those are all uh, that's appealing to those same folks who think Donald Trump is just a, a great American and a fine fighter and a patriot and God knows what else. And then they go and turn on the uh, WWF uh, SmackDown or the even ridiculous, more ridiculous ones that they have on TBS, which I've unfortunately tuned past and just going crazy on uh, in the wrestling ring, but it's all staged. And there's so many people that cannot see it. And that just, that's frightening that people can't see how staged this stuff is. And this uh, is the politics that, come out of these kind of people or it's the same way it's all staged it's all made up and they have no intention of living up to most of the promises they've made in their campaigns well it's probably been something like that for forever really i mean uh obviously to get voted to get the, voted into office you're going to tell people what you think they want to hear in order to get them to vote for you uh, and that's one kind of lying, you know, uh, uh, sort of politically expedient lying. But then again, you've got other levels of lying. And there's such thing as a pathological liar, a person who lies about anything and everything, even when the lie doesn't even benefit them. They just lie. Yeah. And uh, he's the poster boy for that. Uh, <laughs> well, and Donald Trump is kind of like that. And there's some other people who. Uh, were influenced by him, who were quite a bit like that. And, you know, it's sort of like, you remember the concept of honest graph, the Tammany Hall thing? Oh, yes. That is, there'd be, you know, there could be some graft and, and it's considered honest graph if you don't overdo it. Um, same thing about lying. I mean, uh, some lying is 
is to be expected within yeah. politics and well, government. There's liars, and then there's liars. <laughs> that kind of sums it up. Joe, where was George Santos? George Santos is the Millie Vanilli of the Republican Party. So, <laughs> I just wish that one of those guys had the cojones to nominate George Santos. Oh, I think that would be great. I would... <laughs> Because George Santos is really the face of the Republican Party right now. He well, represents their values. I don't know if he's the face or if it's the other end. Uh. <laughs> no, I mean, if you look at George Santos, you're seeing kind of where the Republican Party has landed. Yeah. And, you know, this is I'm talking about this. I respect. I respected the Republican Party. I didn't always agree with them, and I tended to vote with Democrats. I kind of considered myself an independent, but I really was almost always with the Democrats. But I respected the Republicans, and I understood that they had a point of view, and I understood their point of view, and I didn't necessarily agree with them. But, but you know, it, there was a basis for it, and it made sense, and I understood where they were coming from. But... This new crew, this new group of people, I have zero respect for them. Mm. They are not good people. They are not trying to be helpful. They are not trying to govern. They're trying to tear things down. They've been influenced by Donald Trump. They've been influenced by Steve Bannon. And Tucker Carlson. And, the and Tucker Carlson, right -wing uh, probably the worst, really. Mm -hmm. But you know, it, you it, notice this. I keep scratching my back with this thing. There's this old thing: you scratch my back, and I'll scratch yours. <laughs> well, once you got a back scratcher, you don't need any of that, right? Yeah, yeah. that's well, what's uh, happened in politics. Everybody's got a back scratcher, and I have a back scratcher. I have a butt scratcher that. <laughs> anyway, TMI. <laughs> <laughs> But the whole thing of saying, coming out in public and saying, we need to get rid of the U.S. Constitution. If you had said that back 10 years ago, maybe 20, you'd have been run out of the country by the Republicans. They would not have tolerated that kind of talk. But now... It's it's the fashion. If you go to destroy all the you know uh, the pillars of the society that this country has built up, you know they're trying for each and every one of them. You know, let's go out and burn the Constitution. Let's burn the Bill of Rights, especially the Bill of Rights. They really well, the Bill of Rights. I mean, I I remember debating this with some guy when I was working in the oil field. One of those other guys working out there. You know, there's a lot of guys out there who were very uh reactionary right wing kind of guys no kidding and and i said hey man don't you even believe in the constitution he said well sure i believe in the constitution it's a bill of rights i don't believe in <laughs> right but particularly certain ones you know the ones with the, relating to equality and women's suffrage and all that good stuff well because the the position they take is that the United States uh, belongs to a certain set of people mm -hmm. and that those people should be running the show. And there may be other kinds of people here and we might let them be here or might not. Maybe we prefer that they not be here, well, uh, but if they are here, that, they're not going to run the show. Yeah. They take that whole thing of, uh, uh, well, if you want to come and paint my house or do my yard, then we'll let you in the country. Otherwise, uh, you're not getting a vote or any citizenship. And that was uh, the the way it was growing up out in our mutual town of uh, Big Spring in West Texas. And my dad, I've gone on about how you know, he was a John Bircher. He was a Republican, but he drew the line at the extremist the really extremist stuff that was going on, you know, in the Republican Party or in conservative politics back then, but it was nothing that approached you know what we see now. Just you know, flat out crazy shit that people just throw it against the wall and see if they'll vote for it. Yep. 
If I got very silent there for a minute, it's because all over the room, and I'm handling a technical <laughs> issue at the moment. Oh, whatever you do, don't don't call tech support. Does, I am being tech support. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I am tech support. Okay. Well, now that John has uh, decided to be tech support, I'll uh, just sit here and. Uh, play i've got a game going and now i shouldn't play games while we're on <laughs> doing this but just the, the whole thing of you know conservatives i mean the democratic party when i was growing up they were really damn conservative and they were they were more of the racist party for a long time it wasn't until the late 60s when you know people like McGovern came along, well, you know the uh, Chicago Convention in what '68, that was the you know the high water mark for conservative Democrats. After the party started to move toward the left, or not even the left, the center, even a lot of Southern Democrats suddenly became Southern Republicans. Because I was at the '72 Texas. A Democratic convention, and that was the high water mark for te the Texas Democratic Party because there was a whole bunch of people who did not want to ad adopt any kind of progressive uh, planks to the party uh, platform, and there were a lot of them. And it basically came down to where this whole bunch of people that were the part of the leadership of the Texas Democratic Party just bailed and they said, well, you know, we're required by our agreements with the party to support the party's uh, candidate, but we won't be going out to campaign for them like they were supposed to. And that's what, after that, those people were gone. They were over the Republican Party, and it, uh, you know, got rid of a lot of uh, racists in the Democratic Party, but there, there were still quite a few around. Yeah, big switcheroo. Um, do you realize what today is? It is the day before the 6th. <laughs> yep. And uh, we have a uh, comment on our uh, conversation so far from Debbie Russell. Hello, Debbie. It says, on the eve of the insurrection anniversary, they are staging an insurrection from the inside. The call is coming from inside the house. Indeed. Well, that, <laughs> and like, uh, just... Watching this play out, though, it's like it would be really impressive if these holdout, the, you know, the, the the Fab Five were really dynamic, you know, intelligent, you know, you know speakers and you know, writers and you know, you know, intelligent people. But it's like they got the bottom of the barrel party going and. That's basically what is holding up. It's like the bottom of the barrel said, no, no, all you smart people, you know, we're going to let you do anything because we're going to hold out. Well, it's a party where the very far right wing tail is wagging the dog. I don't even know if it's the tail, right wing butthole maybe, but I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm being a potty mouth. We had a, uh, I, I was uh, editing our stuff on uh, YouTube and we had Roy Casagrande here uh, a, a number of time, a week, times back. Yeah, I wish he was here right now. Yeah, and uh, someone had posted on there that, uh, that they were disappointed with, with what they heard because they said all the speakers, meaning us, were being pedantic and putting themselves on pedestals. And then they made another comment that, why is that? Why is that woman using swear words? It's like, what the hell where this came from? And I looked up, and uh, the person's all all their posts were from uh, conservative Christian websites. And it's like, okay, so I, I couldn't resist it, and I told them that I was going to tell the uh, the woman to knock off the swear words. That's just fucking ridiculous. Don't ever do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bunch of shit. Swear, swear words. So while we were yammering away here, um, Kevin McCarthy lost the 11th bid for the speakership and asked to adjourn. So they've adjourned. 
<laughs> and uh, I guess tomorrow they're going to come back and vote a few more times. Lord, Lord, Lord. Unless they can work something out. Uh, it's looking better and better for Hakeem Jeffries, I guess. I mean, <laughs> if they could just get a few Republicans to vote for him. If I could figure a way to swing that, that would that would be a great move from, you know, it would probably set off a civil war, but <laughs> <laughs> the Republican party. But yeah, that, uh, that, that idea has been floated a number of times in the last couple of days. And <laughs> I see a lot of logic to it, but, uh, the, uh GOP doesn't uh, really deal in logic these days. It's more, you know, politics, uh, that it, we just kind of, pulled out of her ass and threw against the wall. I'm hearing here that uh, Hakeem is, is still hanging out in the chamber with a big shit-eating grin on his face. That's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, would. I mean, this is like, this is supposedly, I mean, we've heard for years that the Republicans have it together and the Democrats are in disarray. <laughs> Man, this is like a complete turnabout. Well, all it took was having a Trump in 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 power. To yeah, I think that's him. enough to bring the party together. That's, that's kind of a come to Jesus moment of like, you know, either you get your shit together or you're going to be just like those idiots. <laughs> and so I just want to show you something. Or okay. I'm actually promoting something here. Um but I will have to share my screen. Here we go. This is what we call the state of the world conversation. Oh, it's, uh, uh, it's that time again. Yeah, it started just a couple of days ago, and we already have 85 posts on there. A lot of people have got into it. Uh, formally, the people who are in the conversation, this is something that Bruce Sterling and I have done every year for uh, over 20 years. And um, originally, it was just us sort of holding forth about what we thought was going on. We, we called it the state of the world. It was kind of like tongue in cheek saying state of the world as if we knew the state of the world, just a couple of guys. But, you know, I mean, we're kind of smart guys. And uh, Bruce, actually, you know, uh, he's an author, he's a speaker and a world traveler. So he certainly always has a lot to say. And this year, we invited uh, Tomas Hendrik Ilves, who was uh, a former president of Estonia. Bruce has invited him, and he hadn't showed up yet, but um, holding out, fingers crossed. And Sandy Stone is supposed to show up, uh, our friend Sandy Stone, who's been with Plutopia a few times. Uh, and Emily Gertz uh, showed up today. Uh, she's a climate journalist uh, that... Uh, we have interviewed before, and that is uh, a Plutopian fellow traveler. And Patrick Lichty, uh, who is also part of the Plutopia Carass, uh, is is in the conversation. And as I say, it's been going on for a while. And, and the thing about this, it happens on the well, which is normally members only. But if you're uh, not a member of the well, you can still read this. You cannot post directly to it unless you're a member of the well, but uh, you can send an email to inkwellatwell.com and we'll post it for you. So I, you know, I'm sort of promoting this. I think people should read this and think about it. And uh, it's a really, it's kind of a, uh, a wild and woolly set of ideas and opinions from many people about the current state of things. Yeah. It, yeah. it is worth uh, going in and I always try and uh, follow what you uh, have going on there. And sometimes it's, uh, it comes off as being kind of an, an intellectual food fight. <laughs> yeah. You see some yeah. interesting exchanges. It's not nasty. It's just intellectually challenging. Food fight. <laughs> so the way to get to it, in case people wonder, is uh, tinyurl.com slash state-world-2023. That's all you got to know. HTTPS colon slash slash tinyurl.com 
slash state dash world dash 2023. Yeah. And, and you will find in, the state. If you're living in Austin, you can just go out on your front porch and yell, Hey, John, what's that address? There and you go. He'll, he'll come over and uh, help you get it online there. He, he exactly kind of tech support. So the um, other thing that I was kind of interested in was last week we were reviewing the year 2022, and I had a few things that didn't really get into the conversation. Oh, no. And I was just kind of trying to think whether there's anything from my long list of things that we should talk about. Um What's One of the things some favorites there. Go for it. Well, well, there's a, so I I had kind of reviewed the year and there were several things that happened during the year that were pretty wild and crazy. Uh, uh, certainly the war in Ukraine persisting throughout the year. It's been, you know, it was a war that was supposed to be quickly over and it just wasn't. And Ukraine has actually been holding its own against Russia and even uh uh it looks like they may just win the war and uh russia has not done very well in that war and and uh there's uh, we question why they've even persisted and then there was uh winter olympics you know and the winter olympics were in china this year there was limited attendance because of the zero covid policy there um and there were also some government officials from, including from the United States, that were boycotting because of China's human rights abuses. Uh, Putin was there, though, and I, I recall that they found him napping, sitting in a stand by himself, napping one night. <laughs> they kind of zoomed in on him, and he was fast asleep. Great security he has there while he's exactly. <laughs> and then. Um, Let's see, Ron DeSantis, uh, in March of last year, he signed a bill that we referred to as Don't Say Gay. And he was kind of yammering a lot about wokeness. And the bill, the bill restricted what elementary schools can teach about sexual orientation and gender identity. And that was, uh, for many people, troubling, you know. And, uh, of course, I don't know. In, in elementary schools, they may not be teaching that much about that stuff anyway. But um, the fact that there's a that, that's hands off, why does it have to be hands off? Why can't you teach about the full um, rainbow as, you know, that's the metaphor, rainbow of potential um Potential approaches to sexual orientation, potential, uh, you know, some people have gender dysphoria, and it's much more troubling if you have to just suppress that. It's, it's unhealthy to, to have to live with that and not be able to open up about it and certainly not be able to get any guidance about it. It's really disturbing the uh, approach that a whole bunch of folks takes toward something basic like uh, sex education, and uh, you know, I, I can see that they might not want it in you know the elementary schools. But if you start, but there's a lot of these schools who are just giving the, the you know the students the ability to have the parents say no, I don't want them being taught sex education, and then these same people are all upset when you know Susie ends up pregnant or Biff ends up getting somebody pregnant because no one bothered to tell them anything about you know how the human body works and how sexuality works and that's rampant here in Texas and it's the same in Florida the stuff that DeSantis was promoting but just it, it's a who's who of you know bad ideas that he was coming up with and it just yeah. it's just frightening it's like he is a Reminds me of like being a a parrot that spent its entire life listening to Fox News, and <laughs> that parrot has a microphone, so he's just spewing out all the crap that he heard because it sounded cool at the time. And the bass likes it, 
and he'll get a vote. Well, you remember the aspirin thing from when we were kids that they would give a girl an aspirin and they would uh, tell her to put it on her knee and press the other knee against it. Oh, and that was supposed to prevent pregnancy. Yeah. I ended up with a lot of aspirin. <laughs> I don't know why. I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> oh. Well, it's absolutely crazy. And, and uh, you know, the, the other thing, of course, that happened was abortion. <laughs> and uh, the Supreme Court uh, ending 50 years of Roe versus Wade and, and declaring that uh, the state, it's for the state to decide whether a woman has the right to control her own body. Yeah, and that's, that's just talk about a really mean-spirited thing you know these people you know they don't want these women to have a, an abortion who you know people generally that can't afford to have a kid they have no way of supporting them they want them to go ahead and have the damn kid but we're not going to give you any uh welfare or any food stamps or anything to support that kid we just want you to have it and that's kind of the approach they're taking yeah, I mean, every time I hear somebody talking about right to life, I want to hear their position on the death penalty. Oh, yeah. They're all in favor of that. Well, it'll kill those people. We just won't kill any babies. Anyway, so there's that. And then um, let's see, what else happened last year? Uh, one thing about that Rovers, uh, that opinion overruling Roe v. Wade, it was leaked. It was leaked in advance, and it and there was later uh, something else, some other legislation that was leaked where it appeared that Alito uh, was leaking it, and he was the one who had written that draft majority opinion. Uh, there's some reason to believe that he leaked it himself, which is kind of a no-no and not something he should do, and it certainly pissed John Roberts off. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised because of uh, you know, Alito's <laughs> positions on many things. And uh, he's an Alitoist. He, he's he's been known to be a bit of a self <laughs> a self promoter. Yeah, uh, you know the the whole anti-abortion thing. I I witnessed firsthand the impact it has on a young woman, but a, a woman I worked with in uh, Houston at KBFT. She, she was pregnant. And uh, had you know, had no way she could you know, could have a baby and supported you know the, the father denied everything, and a lot of people got together and got her some money to fly out to California where it was legal, but the trauma this woman went through for something as simple as that was just you know it, it was just devastating. And to have that happening over and over and over again to young women, old, not even just young women, older women, you know, people who just did have have no way of supporting a child, and the government has no way of supporting children. I mean, you look at the child welfare you know, situation in Texas; it's yeah. ridiculous. But well, uh, and. And, you know, where were the right to life people when 19 students were slaughtered at Uvalde, you know, um, by a guy with a gun he never should have had? They're busy polishing their guns, probably, because that's kind of the whole thing. It, you know, that, oops, sorry, I just <laughs> knocked my microphone. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry for that ear damage, folks. Uh, send John a bill for it. I'm sure he'll take care of that. But just that was just such a tragic thing, and to see the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy going on there is like, well, it's terrible. We can't control any guns. Let's you know do mental health. You know they're they're all crazy. It's like yeah, great. In my notes here, I've got the, a note about Uvalde, and then I've got another note about a rooftop sniper in Highland Park, Illinois, who killed seven people. And then there's another note down here. Where is that? Uh, what was the next one? There was, oh, a man killed five and injured 25 in a gay nightclub in Colorado Springs, you know, killing people because they were gay. 
Well, then there was the young man that's become a big uh, conservative hero because he shot a demonstrator in one of the protests uh, and uh, was hanging out with the cops and telling them how he was going to help them out there. And, yeah, Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, and it's, it's like, great. So now he's a conservative hero. Yeah, uh, he'll be right up there with George Santos, I'm sure. <laughs> Get elected. Uh, it, but Kansas, uh, the states can still decide whether abortion is going to be legal or not. And in Kansas, they did a referendum and the voters voted by 59 to 41 to maintain a right to abortion. So this idea that people are opposed to abortion uh, in America is pretty much false. You know, people are not opposed to abortion and they're especially not opposed to abortion where there's been a rape or there's been incest, though many of the laws that are on the books now in states will not make those exceptions. Yeah, and that's just, you know, talk about mean-spirited. It's like, I don't, I can't imagine anyone saying that that was a great thing to do. You know, you know the people that wrote the bill, they're beating their chest. I mean, they're not going to get pregnant, so what do they care? You know, and it's just really mean spirited. You know, someone has been raped, and they're and you want them to carry that baby, and they've had things where the rapists have tried to sue people for having an abortion. I think that kind of fell through the cracks, but still, there's that kind of idiocy that's going on out there in that whole uh, situation. Well, and the traditional way to deal with a miscarriage is to perform what it could technically be characterized as an abortion. So now they're not treating miscarriages. Women's uh, lives are in danger when they have a miscarriage because they can't get the treatment, uh, the DNC treatment. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. I mean, uh, I can't imagine that doctors, I can't believe doctors are allowing that to occur because that, that's just it, it, it's not an abortion. It's a natural process that happens to many, many women. And if you don't go in and do the right thing, they could get in the septic shock. They could get, they could die. But the uh, politicians say, well, they're probably Democrats anyway. Let them die. The other thing I'm looking at here is uh, the new hobby that our Texas governor um, started uh, in within the year uh, back in August, really. Uh, he decided he needed a hobby, and as his hobby, he started busing thousands of immigrants to Washington, D.C. and New York City. Yeah, that was a brave thing to do. Uh, yeah, and that was supposedly to call attention to the increasing number of border crossings. You know, <clears throat> the fact that people are crossing the border and getting apprehended suggests that the borders are not open. So this idea that they're open borders, bullshit. It's not open borders. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that we have uh, an opposition to people coming legally into the United States. Yep, they're wanting to pick up people who are legally seeking asylum and just toss them. Yeah. Well, we're required by international law to uh, honor those requests for asylum. There, there are treaties that have been signed where you know you're supposedly going to at least consider their case. You just don't throw them back in the river or in the ocean. Right. You have to give them judicial consideration of their request for asylum. It's been that way for a long time, and all of a sudden, you know. They, the, you know, the uh, politicians don't want to really address the cause of all these people migrating. They're migrating because their countries have turned into cesspools of violence and gang-controlled neighborhoods, and you know, really seriously, despotic you know, uh, governments. I mean, what are they going to do? Sit around and just let the people kill them? You know, you can't really blame them for that. Yeah. So then. And the next thing on my list um, 
we really have to talk about this. So the FBI showed up at Mar-a-Lago and they raided the place and they found over 13,000 government documents, some of which were highly classified and some were missing. And there's some supposition that maybe Donald Trump was using these government documents for toilet paper um, though there's also, you know, the possibility that he was selling them. Mm-hmm. That's a good way of negotiating with a foreign power. Hey, I've got some top secret documents you might enjoy. So he might be in trouble for this, even though, you know, I mean, if if a normal person working for the government took 13,000 documents home with them and kept them there, they would probably be in a lot of trouble. There's so folks in jail for doing just that very thing, but exactly, they exactly. Uh, so we now have a special counsel looking at this and looking at some other issues with Trump, including uh, his role in the insurrection, which some people say was not an insurrection, but it sure looked like one. And and Donald Trump may ultimately be in trouble, though it turns out to be very hard. I mean, we we used to talk about how was it Bill Clinton? We said was Teflon president. (laughs) Wow. Donald Donald Trump must have Teflon for breakfast every day. He he probably does. But I mean, it's just, you know, ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, let's see. So Macron was reelected in France, but the fascists won a majority in Italy. So f- France dodged a bullet. Italy did not. Well, Italy has a bit of a <laughs> history with that fascist thing. Uh, I, yeah. Didn't that happen before? Yeah. This Mussolini guy, uh, he ended up hanging out at the go- local gas station. But uh, that's kind of a... Uh, <laughs> Tacky way to put it. And that was in September that the the election was in Italy. And, and that same month, Ron DeSantis sent some people to trick some Venezuelan refugees into getting on a charter plane in Texas, not in Florida, but in Texas. And they flew them to Martha's Vineyard and dropped them off. It cost $615,000 to do this. Yeah, and all these states are cutting the budgets of really useful departments. You know, look at Texas, Child Protective Services. All those folks were told, uh, you've got to reduce your budgets by 10%, at least by Governor, what's his name? Well, yeah, I mean, in Texas, we need that money to sue the the U.S. government. (laughs) But it's just ridiculous. And you know... It used to be the party that was... Supposed to be saving money, not spending stupidly. Well, so God spoke to Ron DeSantis the month after he did this. God sent Hurricane Ian to flatten Florida. Did he not get the message? (laughs) (sighs) Well, some good news in Brazil, Bolsonaro, the right wing guy, lost to. Uh, Lula. Lula is president again in Brazil. Yeah, that that was greeted with a lot of joy because things were really going south. Well, south <laughs> were going badly in Brazil. And it's just terrible some of the things that were, were going on there. And the president's like, oh, we don't have any uh, COVID. That didn't happen here. It's, we're manly men. We don't get covid well, the reason Lula had not run for president before was because they tossed him in jail to keep him from running. There's a lot of that going around. Yeah. yeah. And, and the same month, uh, this is October we're talking about, uh, a right-wing guy from Canada who was all full of conspiracy theories, and he was a nudist too, which is kind of an interesting bit of the story he broke into nancy pelosi's house she wasn't there Uh, stuff transpired and at some point he hit paul pelosi her husband with a hammer 
and uh, nearly killed him. And then after that, the far right started spinning all kinds of weird fantasies about the break-in, that this was Paul Pelosi's gay lover or that it was a false flag operation of some kind. They really yeah, like to run up that false flag a lot. Yeah, Paul Pelosi just wanted that guy to come in and get hammered with him, but uh, got out of <laughs> Maybe not. But that just... Uh... <clears throat> And and you hear all these uh, people in the Republican Party, the the, the Trumpers particularly, say, "We don't, uh, we we had nothing to do with that. We didn't tell that boy to do it." Like, and they always have, yeah, he had his uh, uh, journal full of uh, things that how Donald Trump was going to give him a pardon if he did this, yeah, that kind of thing. It's like, okay. You, know, you had nothing to do with influencing these poor, sad souls who decided to go do something really stupid. And meanwhile, there was this huge red wave coming, this red tsunami. The Republicans were going to swamp all the elections. They were going to get tons of people elected. They were going to take over the Senate. They were going to take over the House. Sure they were going to... They were going to win a bunch of governor's races and... It didn't happen. Oh. It failed to materialize. I mean, they won the House uh, by a very thin majority. Democrats held on to the Senate. Trump's candidates didn't do too well. The people that he had supported. Uh, and by the way, he had announced his presidential bid, I guess, you know, as a kind of get out of jail free card. Uh, and he said the USA is being destroyed by the Democrats. And I've been looking out the window every day to see signs of destruction. Yeah, well, uh, just the, uh, <laughs> it just boggles my mind to see this kind of ridiculous uh, posturing that is going on. All in the name of, you know, God knows what. I mean, I'm not sure what their their in the game is with all this ridiculous, uh, you know, thing that's going on right now in in the McCarthy episode epic. Uh, how, how many uh, votes do you think they'll go to, John? My, you know, I'm putting my betting on like, I I I think they'll go to 24, and then. Uh, I, They'll start to die. <laughs> well, the bigger question is, how is this ultimately going to be resolved? Is McCarthy ever going to get elected Speaker of the House? Is somebody else going to get elected? Who's that going to be? They haven't really proposed anybody that, uh, I mean, the huge majority of the Republicans continue to vote for McCarthy. It's just 20 people holding out. Mm -hmm. So so um, it's unclear exactly what, what the solution to this is, unless they're I, I, they're trying to get concessions from McCarthy. You know, to his credit, McCarthy said that some of the concessions were just too much and he wasn't going to do it no matter what. Even if he didn't get elected, you know, to the, be Speaker of the House, he wasn't going to give them some of the power they were seeking. Well, that's what caused a lot of this problem is I think they gave a few too many uh, you know, uh, concessions to the craziest of the bunch. I mean, it's like you're just inviting them to make something even crazier. Well, okay, you've agreed to burn the Constitution. Uh, let's get rid of all the people of color and r run them out uh, on a big plane. To, <laughs> you know, we kind of got Greg Abbott send them all to France on a big giant uh, <laughs> transport plane. Oh, my God. But that's kind of where we're headed. <laughs> so how many people do you think were in the world in, in uh, 1970? 1970? It was kind of crowded. I was in the Bay Area, so it was crowded in the Bay Area. I have no idea about the world. It was about three to three and a half billion, I think it was. Okay. How many people do you think are in the world now? Uh, between seven and nine, I think. Yeah. In fact, about eight billion. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can, if you look outside, you see there's a lot more people out there, but um, the world is starting to strain. In fact, we don't have the resources to support 8 billion people. We really just don't. 
Yeah, we're going to be like the Star Trek uh, Enterprise. Uh, that was well, the episode of Star Trek where he was on the planet that where people pressed up against the window. <laughs> it, that it's going to get to that point if we don't do something. Well, it's it's a it's a problem, and it could result in an extinction event. Well, there are people. But okay, I, there's, it's already resulting in extinction events. A lot of animals uh, and and animals, insects, whatever, are they're, they're starting to disappear. They don't have any place to go. Really, where are they going to live? It's all full of people. Well, there are a lot of people starting to disappear from uh, areas, you know. Like the you know the metropolitan areas are suddenly becoming uh, very white and very upper class simply because no one else can aff- afford the rents and the cost of living in these places. So yeah, that's certainly true in Austin. Instead of the old migration from the rural areas into the metro areas, it's happening in reverse now because you just it's not sustainable. I'm still looking at my list, but I don't know. I don't think I have anything else I really need to cover. I guess the one last thing here, I back to Ron DeSantis. He called for Moderna and Pfizer to be investigated for the COVID vaccines. And I don't really know what exactly he thinks they're going to investigate. I guess the idea is that the COVID vaccines have caused some kind of problem and they should be investigated. You know, they caused a problem. I just said that we have way too many people. The vaccines prevented 3 million deaths. So maybe those people should have died, and then we wouldn't be quite as crowded as we were. We'd have 3 million fewer people. I'm expecting uh, Brobert or Marjorie Taylor Green to uh, be (laughs) coming up with those kind of proposals. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's take away all those vaccines, you know, We'll only give them to the Republicans. I'm going to check my junior woodchucks. No, I'm going to check my. Okay. So the house was deadlocked. It's been three days now. Um, Has there been any movement in those votes at all? <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's, cons- I'm, I'm trying to find those totals here, though. Let's see. I guess I need to find the Okay, here it is. So the last time they voted, the 11th vote, McCarthy got 200 votes. Donald's got 12. Hearn got seven. Trump got one. That was probably Matt Gates. Jeffrey's got 212. Yes. And one person just said they were present. Yeah, wasn't the first vote two hundred three for McCarthy, and then it was slowly. Yeah, yeah, he's lost votes. Dipping down there, I think. And this guy Donalds is starting to pick up a little bit of steam. He's up to twelve votes. And who the hell is he? Uh, he's uh, well, that's a good question. I don't. <laughs> they they bring up these people like. You know, you're getting desperate when you bring up people that have no footprint on the news right lately. His name is Byron Donalds. He's from Florida, Southwest Florida, District 19. He's a black guy. Um, let's see what else I can find about him. He's been getting 20 votes in in the various tallies since about the fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's the- and he had voted for for McCarthy at first, but he stopped voting for McCarthy and was voting for I think Jim Jordan. Yeah, DeSantis probably pro- promised him something good if he just uh, you know played um, boy. He's not terribly experienced. He's he's in his second term, um, and uh, <clears throat> he has described himself as a Trump-supporting, gun-owning, liberty-loving, pro-life, politically incorrect black man. Yeah, there you are. There we be, <laughs> Lord John. 
So We're, Donald's yeah. maybe maybe he'll be the candidate. I still think you know there's there's a chance for George Santos to to get some votes here. Yeah, if somebody would just nominate him. <laughs> he'll nominate himself. So McCarthy. Uh, uh, the question is, what are his what concessions is he will make, and is he going to make more and more concessions? Uh, will he basically give up a lot of his power in making those concessions? And uh, is he just going to say screw it at some point and take himself out of the running? Yeah, early, I don't think that he'll do that. Early on, you know, the noise was being made that a lot of these people wanted to you know get chairmanships wanted to be on certain committees and you know they, they were they wanted power and these were the, the the last people you want to give any power to because they're batshit crazy well you know there there are people who believe that what should happen now is that the democrats and the republicans should uh vote together uh, to get McCarthy or you know somebody into that seat, and that it should be a, a coalition, a coalition speaker, you know, a speaker who represents a coalition of the the Republicans and the Democrats, a bipartisan coalition, and that that could solve a lot of the problems du jour. Well, du jour is uh, just about expired, so I know du jour is we have to put on for us to be continued. Uh, there we are, Plutopia News Network. That's join us again next time, folks. You can follow the Plutopia News Network at Plutopia.io. On Facebook, go to at Plutopia News. On Twitter, it's at Plutopia. With John Lepkowski, I'm Scoop Sweeney. This is the Plutopia News Network, 20 minutes into the future.